Before thee let my cry come near, O Lord, true to thy word, teach me before thee. We are thankful that you are able to join us today as Pastor Mark Robinette preaches another sermon at Foundation Church here in Mount Sterling, Ohio. If this message is an encouragement to you, and we pray that it will be, please consider taking the time to go to www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org and let us know. Thank you, and may the Lord richly bless you through His Word. Let my lips thy praise confess, yea, of thy word my tongue would sing, yea, Well, greetings this Lord's Day in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Greetings. Isn't God been good to us to give us one more Lord's Day together as a people? Amen? Amen. It's wonderful to come into the house of God and hear the noise that comes along with fellowship and the excitement of seeing each other and uh, being together. You'd think we never saw each other. I think it was like a family reunion. You hadn't seen each other in three years, you know? And it's only been probably, what, two days for some people? Maybe half of you saw each other yesterday. But God is good to us. He gives us good things to think about. Everybody say, God gives us good things to think about. God gives us good things to think about. You know, this world has its ideas of what we should be thinking about. And they're constantly after us to... Say, think about this. Maybe you need this. Maybe you should have that. Maybe what you have isn't good enough. Maybe you should worry about this problem, or maybe you should worry about that problem. Today, we're not going to worry about work. We're not going to worry about what we don't have and what we don't need, right? We're going to worry about, we're going to think about, we're going to put our minds on the Lord. He invites us to take all of the things that we normally think about and quit thinking about them. Amen? Sometimes on the Lord's Day, and I pass by some of the tables, I hear all this talk about work. Now, I'm not ready to, you know, institute a work, and I'm going to go around with one of those horns they used to take to the basketball games, you know, go, you know, if, you, if I hear you talking about work. But why don't you just try today to not talk about work? Can you guys want to try this? Man, that's a resounding game. Man, I just said the, 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 the force of it is almost knocking me down. Let's talk about the things of God. Let's talk about God's word. Let's talk about what it means to us. Let's talk about how God has blessed us, about what we're hoping God will do for our children, what we, what we desire for God to do in our lives. Can we talk about that today? Amen. All right. In Psalm 5, David talked about this. He said, give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my meditation. How many people would like God to consider what we think about? I would like God to consider it. And, and as I've been considering it, I've been considering that maybe I think about things I shouldn't be thinking about. I worry about things I shouldn't worry about. My mind is where my mind should not be. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King, my God, for unto thee will I pray. That's what today is for. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, and in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and I will look up. <coughs> For thou art not a God that has pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all the workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak lessing, and the Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in the fear of the Lord will I worship toward thy holy temple. Isn't that what we want to do today, people of God? Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies, and make thy way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wicked. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with the tongue. Destroy them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. 
But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous, and favor what thou compass him as with a shield. Aren't we glad today that we can come into the house joyful, knowing that God is with us, that he hears our prayer, that he loves us, and that he will go before us? Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you for your mercies, Lord, that are new every morning for us. Lord, that today, another day, we come together joyful. We're not sad today. Lord, we have nothing to be sad about today. We can rejoice, Lord, that you are good, that you are seated upon the throne, Lord, that you will have victory even over death, Lord. Lord, we are thankful today that we are not like the wicked, Lord, that, that we do not uh, live like those who have no hope, but we hope those that have gone before us, we will see them again because you have overcome death, Lord. And Lord, we rejoice today for the great and beautiful things that you have for us today. In Christ's name we pray and all the church said. text for my message. My message today is called Delightful Meditations. One, something that's delightful today is that the Ryans are here with us today. We're so thankful that God gives us brothers and sisters and friends. Uh, how many of you are thankful for friends today? Come on, raise your hand. Corinne, I can see you're nestled between two Ryan girls over there, right? It's a wonderful thing. You know, growing up, when God would send me friends, um, I still remember those people and they still are important people to me today. I know my wife is like that too. You know, she had some, some lovely, lovely friends. So I'm so thankful for good godly friends and people that take their time out of their busy life to come and to make those friendships, give them time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. My text today is from the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm one, and I'm going to read the whole Psalm again. A week before last, that was my same text. We really only made it to verse 1. Today we're going to try to go a little bit further. Um, but delightful meditations. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let us pray. Lord, we're so thankful today, Lord, for your word. We're thankful, Lord, that you are not silent in the heavens, but that you have spoken to us by your word, that we can hear your word and know your heart and your mind. Lord, we love you. Lord, we long to know you, to be made more like you, Lord, to shed this sinful veil of flesh and to walk in the light of glory in heaven with you one day. But Lord, until then, speak to us now. May we in this dark world see the light of your word and walk by it as a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Lord, today, change us by your word and make us more like you. In Christ's name we pray and all the church said amen. amen. You may be seated. The ungodly are not so. They're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Do you know that the ungodly are going to perish? That they're going to blow away like cut grass, like, like dead flowers, like nothingness, that the sun will burn them, that they will, the earth will melt with a fervent heat, and that all the ungodly will be gone. Do you guys know this? 
We seem to see them in our life as more important than they are. We look out at the world and we see the billionaires like Mark Zuckerberg or the powerful billionaire like uh, Mr. Soros that's always in the news. We hear about Bill Gates. We see the, the important people of the world, the people that don't know God, that raise up their voice against God, who take their power and their wealth. Leaders of nations and, and, and people in Hollywood. These people all think that they're important, but they're not. Amen? They're not the people of God. They're not the people we should be looking to. They're not the people, as we talked about week before last, that we should walk with, that we should stand with, that we should sit with. They're not the people who should give us counsel or show us the way to live. Amen? Amen. And we talked about that last week. But this week we're going to talk about something so much more delightful. The delightful meditations God gives us. You know, there's so much in this psalm for all of us. But the first thing that struck me as I read it again, because I was trying to go farther than verse 1, was, a, was just, just a phrase in the psalm that hit me really hard. Is it okay if I just talk about it a little while today? This, this phrase right here, In His law doth He meditate day and night. What's the blessed man? His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. These words hit me so hard as I read them. And I begin to think about my own meditations. I begin to think about any what I, my mind thinks about all the time. Maybe you'll do that too. You know, we have... Week after week, and we have all this Word of God loop, but sometimes God's Word, it just, it just hits us, a certain phrase from it. And, and this hit me, and maybe it hit me for myself only. Maybe it hit me for you too. What do you think about night and day? What do you fill your mind with? Seems like as I get older and preach more, it seems like I want to preach simpler sermons. Tim, I don't want to weave a tapestry that you can't sort of follow. My, my sermon is going to be real simple today. What are you thinking about, Benita? What do you fill your mind with night and day? Just think about that today. I'm sure you love God and His Word, but what occupies your thoughts constantly? This is worth thinking about, isn't it, Derek? How does it affect you? How will it eventually affect you? Do you know the things you think about right now oftentimes don't have the impact that you might think they do, but over time they kind of wear on you. They accumulate. I, I, I call it to my wife, I say, it's like they build up on me and they reach kind of a tipping point, you know? You allow a little bit of worry in there and a little bit of doubt and a little bit of melancholy, a little bit of sadness, a little, and, and, you just, you just, and, and next thing you know, you're overcome by it. How, how many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's cumulative, right? You see this thing that maybe you really shouldn't have seen, and you've seen another thing, and another thing, and before you know it, the thing's kind of wrapping its way around your mind, and it gets you. That's a lot to think about. Since those first convicting moments after I read these words, I literally felt like, I, I felt like God like, like punched me in the heart, like... You know, growing up, I was telling my kids about this. My kids get the pre-sermon sermon the night before sometimes when we're doing family worship. And I, I remember my life as a youngster. Some of you might, like, might be like this. Some of you might not. I'm not, you know, instantly you're going to look at your hands when I say this. I used to go to church with a notebook. And I used to have my pencil ready. Because I was wanting to see where God's word applied to me in my life. And I didn't want to forget it. And I wanted to write it down. Does anybody ever do this? I know you all don't have notebooks out maybe right now. I don't know. But do you know why I wanted to do that, Naomi? I wanted to do it because I wanted to be right with God. And I knew there was a lot of things to think about. And when I would write down, I would, I would write it down later. I would think about it. I would, I would get it out and I would go, is that me? Am I obeying God's word? 
There's a childlikeness that has uh, endured throughout my life that when I see something in God's word that, that, that points its finger at me and says, you're not like that. You know what I want to do, guys? You know how long it takes me? About 25 seconds. What can I do about this? And Laura, as I begin to read this and feel the convicting power of what my meditations are, I, I did some things really fast. You know, you know one of the first things I did is I deleted my Fox News app. I'm not saying it's a sin. You can't have a Fox News. That's not what I'm saying. For me, you know what? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's the president said? Any laws are passing? What are those crazy liberals doing? Oh, my goodness. What are they going to do? How's it going to be? You, now, you guys might not be like this, but Pastor Mark, I, I, I got a little carried away with the whole election and with politics, and I don't really like that. That's not really what I want my mind to be filled with. Do you guys want my mind filled with that? Is that going to help you all any? Every week if I get together and that's what I'm thinking about, is that going to benefit this church? I don't think so. Not benefiting me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll never look at the news again. I don't know. I'm a little bit of an extremist, but you know what? I don't think it's so bad when God's word convicts your heart to do something about it. Amen? That's not the only thing I did, but that is the first thing I did. I love God's law. It's certainly my delight. There, there's no doubt of that to me. I have memorized it. I have loved it. I've quoted it. I've made it my life. But is it true that it's what I meditate on now, day and night, or have the cares of this world, have the events that go on in the world, have they taken a stage in my life that they should not? And I think they have. Have I filled my days and nights with meditations that will bear no fruit? Everybody say, bear no fruit. Bear no fruit. Or bear some bad fruit. You see, when I read about the Psalms, he said, this man, he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in a season, right? What kind of fruit are we bearing? What kind of fruit will be born from a man who's worried and thinking and meditating day and night, not on God's law, but on the events of the day. Have I wasted my days and wasted my nights? I regret it. You know, maybe this will just be confession for me. I've been away for a week. You guys mind if I just confess, you know? I've sat downstairs in our house and turned it on Fox News and I've listened to, not only, yeah, not only on my phone, but even on the television. Can you believe this? We didn't even know it, but with our Wi-Fi comes cable. We didn't even know it was there. We're like We wanted to watch the election results like two years ago, and it's still there. And I would listen to, you know, this person debate with that person about what this thing really means and doesn't mean and what the implications might be and what they really might be all about. You know, I'm so up to here with that. Wasted days and wasted nights. There used to be this... Old song back in the 50s, wasted days and wasted nights. Have I given my mind fully to the Lord? You know, your pastor, by the grace of God, is going to be doing that. I want to give my mind fully to the Lord. That doesn't mean I won't know about this or I won't know about that, but can that be our prayer today? Those of you that need some extra sleep, you can fall asleep about right now if you want to. That's really what I came here to tell you. I remember the first thing that came to my mind when this conviction hit my heart was another scripture. You know, you know, Laura, the blessing of knowing the word of God is that God can speak to you from it. I was trying to talk to my kids about this. I was asking them, does God speak to you? You know, Jacob, are you ever doing anything and all of a sudden the word of God just speaks to you? I have plenty of times. I've been in a situation, it's like, ooh, okay. And God's word will say, mm, don't, you know, don't do this or do this. Does, is this happening to anybody else but me? Do you know if you don't know God's word, it can't do that. If you don't read God's word, if you don't love God's word, if you're not meditating on it day and night, you'll have other things come to mind. But the first thing that came to my mind as God was dealing with me, Jason, is Psalm 5. He says, give ear to my word, O Lord, consider my meditation. And, and honestly, I really don't think that the true, you know, hermeneutical, exegetical meaning of this, he's basically saying, Lord, listen to me. 
because of what I'm thinking about. But when I begin to hear these words, I begin to think, what if God was considering what I think about all the time? Would he be pleased with me? And God began to speak to me even more from this. You know, who here wants to take a look at your thoughts today to consider what's continually on your mind? I sure do. I want God to fill not only my heart and my soul, but I want him to wash me. I want him to sanctify him, myself with his word, every corner of my mind. David went on to pray some things here in Psalm 5 that really began to speak to me. He prays that God would hear the cry of his voice and the petition that he makes. Hearken unto my voice, my King, my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee. And I will look up. Everybody say, I want to look up. When I was in Denver, we were encouraged over and over and over and over and over. Kevin Swanson's a good teacher. And one of the ways he's a good teacher is he just says the same thing over and over and over. And he'd stop and he would go, behold your God. He'd say this and be like, wow, okay, come on now. That first time I heard it, I'm like, wow. But after about the 80, 80th time he said this throughout the week, I finally got it. Behold your God. Look up. That's what he's talking about. Look up. Behold your God. Living your life as if God is as if God might actually be watching you. As if he cares about you. As if what's going on in your life is important to him. As if the thing that you're working on, your school or your work or whatever it is you're doing, look up. Think of God when you think of all that you are doing. Look up. Behold your God. Isaiah 45 says, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. You know, we put our mind on the, the shifting sand of the world and of what's popular and what's, in, you know, in fashion in the day. And I don't mean clothing, I just mean what's, you know, the thing. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. You know, David continues his prayer in Psalm 5 by saying... These two things. And when he did, it really pricked my heart. This, once again, confession time. Pastor Mark, Robinette. Is that all right? He says these two things. He says, thou art not a God that has pleasure in wickedness. Neither shall evil dwell with thee. Sometimes I think the things that we watch really are us taking pleasure in wickedness. We watch the, the wicked people. We watch what they do and what they like and what's important to them. And Verse 5, the foolish shall not stand in the sight. I was thinking of all the foolish, idiotic, wicked, and stupid things I have seen. Maybe I'm passing on this conviction to you. Maybe I've seen more of it than you have. I don't really know. But there was something, something in my mind and in my heart that just said, you know, it's time to grow up. It's time to put those things behind me. As I read these words, I thought of all the people I willingly have taken pleasure in. I thought of the foolishness that I had willingly put before my eyes. The movies, the videos, and really most of the time it's just the news. The news of the day. What, what's so-and-so doing? What's so-and-so saying? What's going to happen next? Do you know God has no pleasure in wickedness whatsoever? So why do I? And I know we never get this in our church, okay? This is, this is, this is a rare thing. And maybe my time with Brother Kevin's been real instructive, real good for me. I really love the fact that we were preaching and singing and, and reading the Psalms. And when we got done, we were singing and preaching and reading more of them. And the more I did it, the more I liked it. And the more I was just thinking, you know... You know, I could just, I could do that when I got home. And we sing and we love God in, in our house, but man, there's just something that made me want to do it more. Is that, does it make sense to anybody? You know, Hollywood, and I know, I, I almost feel funny. Like I feel literally like Kevin Swanson must have rubbed off on me here. I don't know that that's so bad. Hollywood is a den of iniquity. We all know this, right? A veritable flow of filth, not just in the images they create that we fill our minds with, but the very people we lift up who become 
stars. I mean, when I even when I even say stars, like it almost makes me ill. Like it's like living in the day and age, you know, where there's idolatry going on. But every, you know, in, in the in the in the future, they'll look back. They'll be there were these people they called stars. <laughs> wow. I mean, isn't that funny? I mean, we say it like it's no big deal. They're stars. Those are the stars of Hollywood. Folks, those are not stars at all. You know what stars are? Stars are people that are a source of light. And they're no stars. We know what kind of people they are. There's no secret about it. In fact, when we hear that they do wicked, we don't go, I can't believe it. When we find out they're in their third or their fourth marriage or we find out that they've done this wicked thing, we go, well, that's what stars do, right? I mean, come on, guys, right? They're wicked. They're foolish. And instead of having the shining star of heaven before my eyes, I have gazed too long myself into some false sons. I know many of you have known me for a long time and you might think I'm really going off the deep end here. And I guess I am. You never get too old to repent of your ways. You never get so holy that you open the Bible and it doesn't go, you know what, I'm just, man. Don't worry, I'm not going to you know, go into next session meeting with Andy and set a rule of do's and don'ts and you know, make you all turn in all your Netflix accounts and give the money to Myanmar. Nothing like that's going to happen to you. Don't worry about it. Between your... You know, your Netflix and your Hulu and your Prime and your whatever, you'll, you know, you can, you can keep it all if you want to. I'm wanting us not to want to. Does that? And today, Jason, I just got to not want to. That's what, that's what's happening inside of me. Maybe God's doing that for somebody here. These words of God have weighed so heavily on me that I have found myself weighed in the balance and found wanting. I have foolishly wasted my mind. And have found myself weakened and vulnerable to the attacks of the devil. It's not wise and it's not lovely. You know, the devil is out to mess with your life. And he's out to mess with mine all the time. You know, if God could take me down and take me out, do you think it would affect this church very much? Imagine if the, if the report in your email box is that Pastor Mark flaked out and went off the deep end and did some dumb thing. How do you think that would affect Foundation Church? Probably a lot, right? And so I get assaulted by him constantly. And so you know what I do, Luke? I give him extra ammunition to shoot at me with. I give him extra things to hurt me with and to make me weaker with. Like It's like I, I show him where the kryptonite is and say, here, go ahead and... Bring that and you can hurt me with it. I, I'm like Samson with the long hair. You know, hey, do you know my, my strength's in my hair here? You know, if it got cut off. So today, people of God, as I publicly repent, perhaps you might find you need led to the waters of repentance too. You might need washed again at God's cleansing fount. So what is the first commandment? Andy read it for us today. They were asking Jesus, what the first commandment, you know, I think we spend maybe more time on the second command than we do the first because it's so hard to do, right? First one's even harder though. When we find out we haven't loved our neighbors ourselves and we talk about this, you know, people are somewhat amazed about our church when I talk about you because we try this second one a lot, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Like Go talk to people. Don't, let them, don't leave them in sin. Help them out. Encourage them. Provoke them to good works. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? But really, if you back up to the first commandment, I think that Jesus said we're to love the Lord our God. How? With all of our heart. Everybody say your heart. With all your soul. And with all of your... And for me today, Andy, brother, it's my mind that my heart has never been far from God, but I really think that when your mind can go far from God, I think your heart will soon follow. Heart, soul, and mind. I want to keep this command. How many of you want to keep this command? I want to love God with my heart, my soul, my mind. You know, God's given me quite a mind. I, there's things that go on in there. If you knew about it, I think you just think it was, I think it'd blow your mind. <laughs> 
And you know, I want things to go on in there that can benefit my family, my life, my church, that bear fruit. And so I want to guard my mind better than I have before. Amen? You know, when you do this, if any of you, if this, if this convicts any of you and you do this, I mean, maybe for some of you, maybe you already do, but it can really kind of, Tim, kind of put you in a detox situation. I remember driving down the, I was driving down the road in my car and I decided I'm not going to have anything on the radio at all. I'm just going to turn it off. And I'm riding down the road. And I'm like, what in the world am I going to think about? What's going on? No sound. No one's going, let me tell you today what happened. You know what that is? Just click. And like, what? I'm like, no, no, I'll turn on some music. No, no, I don't think I want to do that. I think I just want to turn it off. I want to turn it off. Just turn it off. I thought I, I, thought I was going crazy. I'm just driving down the road. I'm like, what do I do? I got to thinking about God. I got to thinking about the, the people in Bible times that were always walking places. And I could think, what did they do? You know, they're walking like 12 miles, you know, down the road. I mean, how many of you taken a 12 or 15 mile walk lately? Without your iPad. Without your earbuds. Right? Oh, wait a minute. How about without that? What would happen if we thought? What would happen if we dwelt on? What would happen if we truly meditated day and night on God's Word? Now, if you think, you know, you're, you're, we'll get to what I think here in a minute. I want to be the blessed man I talked about week before last. Right? I realized that in what I do, I was walking in the counsel of the ungodly. I was standing in the way of sinners, and I was sitting in the seat of the scornful. I don't want to, I don't want to sit there. I don't want to walk there. I don't want to stand there. I want my delight. And I, I looked up delight, Josh, and you know what delight is? Just exactly what you'd think it is. It's my delight. I mean, when you grab little Ezra Mark, right, or little James, right, you look at him when you see your wife, you come home from work and you see her and you're just like, come here, baby, right? It's your delight. Your delight. I want to be the blessed man. I want to delight. I don't just want to be a man who doesn't do a few things. I want to be the man who does some things. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, standeth in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of scornful. You might remember what God told Joshua. I was reading this. I heard it last night when Andrew pushed play, but I'd already, already had it in my sermon today, and I made it part of our readings. It's an amazing thing. God is telling Joshua that Moses is dead. Remember, do you remember reading it? He's dead, and you're going to go, and wherever your feet go... Right? I'm going to give it to you. Wherever you see is going to be yours. Your enemies are not going to be able to stand before you. And you know what I would think would happen next? Luke, he would say, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to make sure your swords are sharp. I want you to make sure your men are ready for battle because you got some fighting to do. But that's not what he says. Kind of amazing to me. My servant's dead. My servant Moses is dead. Therefore, arise, go to the Jordan, thou and all thy people, the land which I give them. This is Joshua chapter 1. Even to the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread have I given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness to Lebanon, even the great river Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites, the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any able to stand before thee all the days of your life. Wah! Right? As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail thee or forsake thee. Be strong. Be of good courage. For unto thee shalt the people thou divide for an inheritance of the land which I swear to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. That thou may... And, th and this, is where, this is where God kind of, to me, he goes off the wrong direction. The wrong direction, I would think. I would think it's time to form the militia. It's time to buy ammunition. It's time to dig some trenches. It's time to learn battle, but it's not what he says. He says, be strong and courageous and observe all of the law. This is not really what you want to tell a bunch of guys that are about to go take a bunch of cities and run a bunch of Amalekites and Canaanites and whateverites and Hittites, and right? 
You need to be reading some books. You need to read, be quoting. You need to be understanding God's word. This would not be the thing I would say. That you may observe to do according all that's in the law which my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper wherever you go. You know, some of you children are planning your life and, and you're saying, I want to go to school and I want to earn a living and I want to be prosperous. How many of you would like to be prosperous? Yeah. How many of you men would like to have more for your families? Yeah, I do. I'd like to be able to do more stuff. I'd like to be able to have nicer things for my family. I want them. But he said, if you, if you really want that, he said, here's what I want you to do. <clears throat> I want you to prosper wherever you go. I don't want you to wander to the right or to the left of my word. I want you to obey my word. I want you to observe to do it all. Folks, if you want to teach your kids how to be successful, the very first line of your teaching should be obey God's law. Obey every single bit of it. Do you know you cannot ask to be blessed of God if you do not obey His laws? It doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter what you think is important. If you don't obey God's laws, God will not bless you. You will not be prospered. He says, verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. He's saying you need to eat it. You need to love it. It needs to be your thoughts. Yeah, yes, you need to learn a skill. You need to learn a trade. You need to make some money. But the first thing you better learn to do is you better learn to handle God's word. You better learn to love it. You better learn to have an appetite for it. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Doesn't this kind of sound like the blessed man of Psalm 1? Isn't it amazing? And what he's saying here in to Joshua, which is... Hundreds and hundreds of years before this psalm is written, this psalm is quoting from here. Is if you want to be blessed, if you want to be prosperous, if you want to have success, love God's law, obey it, and meditate on it. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Everybody say day and night. Day and night. Why do we meditate on God's word day and night? So that we can obey it. He says that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So many people who don't love God, even people who marginally or nominally do, they understand this and they, they think, well, I'm going to learn how to do it. Folks, you, loving God isn't something you learn how to do. If you don't have a love for God and His Word like this, you should be praying to God for it. Because you can get a false love for it. One that just says, I'd like to be prosperous. I'd like to have good success. He says in verse 9, Have I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither thou be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. You see, their strength and their courage would be founded in the truth of what God had said. And it's real simple what this means, Paul, because he had said, when you go, no man will be able to stand before you. I mean, wouldn't that feel nice, right? So it really wouldn't matter if you were the best swordsman in the whole wide world. If you had chariots or you had horses, what did God say? No man will be able to stand before. But they would go, though, and we often go in our own strength. And when we go in our own strength, you better believe it, you're going to fail. But when you go in God's, when you remember God's, you said, you know, I can take this land. Now, we know the story. They did not take it. They did not. They went in their own strength and they didn't obey God and they did not drive out the people of the land. But it isn't because they couldn't. It's because they wouldn't. Do you know you can be prosperous? Do you know you can drive out the inhabitants of the land? Do you know that you can be this blessed man that God talks about if you will love God's word, know his word, meditate on it and do it? 2 Corinthians 10 tells us, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we're at war just like they were, but we're not warring in the flesh. This is what we think we're going to do. We're going to go and we're going to take dominion over corporations and we're going to get resources and we're going to develop governmental structures. And he goes, you're not understanding it. Yeah, this will happen, but it's not going to happen like you think. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means they're not something you, can, you can't sharpen them. You can't stockpile them. In fact, God had told the children of Israel they were not allowed to accumulate a whole bunch of arms. 
They weren't allowed to have chariots and a bunch of horses because they said, you'll, if you get those, you'll trust in them. But I've already told you. I mean, when you can walk around a city, Andy, and it'll fall to the ground, I mean, don't you think that's the better way of battle? Oh, no, we, just, we, like, to, we like to kill ourselves a few Amalekites or Canaanites. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Where are our imaginations, guys? They're in our what? They're in our minds. This is what we're talking about, delightful meditations. He's saying, you know, God's word will cast down these imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought. Is your every thought held captive to the word of God? Or have we sown in it the seeds of unrighteousness and ungodliness and wonder why we're in, why we're not having peace, why we're having difficulty, why we're struggling with our emotions? Romans 12, Paul admonishes us to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed how? By the renewing of your, of your mind. Apparently the mind has a whole lot more to do with things than a person might think. There's actually a scripture that may come to your mind if you're a person that knows the Bible. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You guys know that one? Unfortunately, it doesn't apply here because you know what that, that scripture is actually about. It's about a guy who invites you over to his house and he offers you a bunch of food, but in his heart he hopes you don't take a second helping. <laughs> the man, the way he really thinks, you don't really know. He's going, oh, have more, have a second helping. Oh, I'm so glad you're over. But in his heart he'd like to throw you on the doorstep. That proverb's reminding us that it's hard to tell what a man is because what he is is in his mind. And so what we are is in our mind too. We smile. Oh, we're so happy to see you. We're so glad you're here in the house of God. And all you're thinking about is, you know, getting home and watching your 85, 85th episode. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say that through the grace that is given to me that every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt with every man the measure of faith. You know, oftentimes we think we're all right. We're okay. Just like Samson. I'll, I'll be all right. I can do this. I got it. I can fool around with this. It'll be all right. Next thing you know, what happened to him, guys? His eyes burned out. I know this is, this is not my typical Mark Robinette sermon, but it's the one you're getting today. Because I've been having to hear it. Jason, I've been listening to this in my head for about a week and a half, nonstop. It's been driving me insane. Actually, I think it may be driving me sane. How many want to be a tree of righteousness? I do. This man who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates day and night in it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit and his seeds and his leaves shall not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so. Everybody say the ungodly are not so. I started off my message actually where I was wanting to end it. I started off with the ungodly are not so. I try to explain this to my children. I try to explain to them, you guys are not ungodly. This is where I think we used to have it wrong when we used to think of our theology, okay? My kids are not ungodly. These are God's elect children. These are part of the church. So why should we live like the ungodly? Does that make sense? When my kids are foolish and, and when I try to bring them to the word of God and they don't want to hear it and they act like the scorner who you don't want to reprove because if you reprove them, they're going to hate you. I don't go, you are that. I go, you're not that. So why act like it? Amen? Ephesians, it says, it says why should we walk like they walk? 
They have their understanding dark, and they're being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. It says, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you know Him, that you want to walk in Him, that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you live like the new man who is created in righteousness and true holiness. God wants our minds. How many people are willing to give God their minds today? I want God to have my mind. How about we just give it to it today? How about today we just decide, you know, we're just going to give God our minds today and maybe tomorrow we'll wake up and give him our minds again. I was trying to think of excuses and I'm driving down the road, I'm driving down Stringtown Road and there's Wendy's and there's rallies and there's this sign and that sign and the radio and I was kind of feeling bombarded by the whole thing. I'm like, it's not fair, Lord, we live in a day and age where it's just advertising and radio and it's all after me. And then I remembered Myanmar where there are no billboards hardly. And there's people going, would you like some of this? Would you like some of that? And you can smell the food and there's the market and there's this. I'm like, you know what? It's always been there. In fact, it's a whole lot worse when you can smell it, right? You're starving and you're like, wow. You know, this one lady, she called so many times for me to come. I got, I just wanted her to stop. Okay. I was in this, I was having to wait for Pastor Nang for three hours. If you ever go buy something over there, sometimes it takes a long time. So for three hours, I'm, and they're like, Pastor Mark, you need to be seated. And this woman's like, and she's, and I'm like, you know what? I got to at least go out and make the woman shut up. I'm buying whatever it is she's selling just to make her shut up because I can't stand it anymore. Three hours. Just, you know, so I went out and I bought it and, and it looked okay. And I brought it in and, and I took a drink of it and I was like, holy mackerel, this is not good to pester. Pastor Nang, he grabs it and he smacks it out of my hand. You cannot have this. This will kill you. You would be dying. I'm like, I don't care. I just don't want to hear the woman anymore calling and calling. You do not know what is in this thing. You cannot have it. But the world is out. It's, it's always been doing it. Buy this. Think this. Do this. Go here. Go there. And God is saying, shut out the noise. Meditate on my word day and night. Take the light in me. I'm going to close today with a scripture that came to my mind just now. From Isaiah 58. He, he was talking to a people that had wandered away from him. And he was trying to lead them back home. And he's like, you guys are living like the world. You're thinking like the world. Everything you do, even the good deeds you do. Like you fast. And you've made your fast a reason to be grumpy to people around you. And treat people nasty. And, and live ungodly. Even the godly things you do are ungodly. God was reprimanding them. He's like, you could fast a more lovely way, he talked about. He said, you could live a more lovely way. And he leads them to what they could do on the Lord's Day, okay? He says in verse 8, he says, he says, Then shall my light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Repentance brings out a lot of beautiful things. Then shalt thou call, and when the Lord shall hear you, he shall answer, and thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If you could take away from the midst of the, the yoke and the putting forth of the finger and speak vanity, and if you draw out your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then shalt thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in the drought, and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden. Like a spring of water. Whose waters fail not. Isn't that what we want? Don't we want a life like that? A watered garden? A spring that doesn't fail? Health? I really think the worry and the cares of this life. Would love to choke out every good thing that's growing in you today. But can we just set it aside? And they... That shall be of thee, thou shalt build the old waste places, thou shalt raise up 
the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repair of the breach, the restore of the paths. Wouldn't that be great if that's what we could be? If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, if you will call the Sabbath a delight. Everybody say a delight. Holy of the Lord, honorable, and thou shalt honor him and not doing your own pleasure or speaking your own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. God invites us again and again and all we hear is a prohibition against the things we'd rather be doing. And God is saying, come. Delight in me. You know why he says it? Because he's delightful. These other things are not delightful. They're not lovely. They're not beautiful. They're not fruit-filled. They lie to us. God says, come to me. And you'll be like a watered garden. Pursue me and my word. And I'll prosper you. And we say, well, we're just too busy for that today. Can we not be too busy for that today, people of God? Can we talk about his goodness and his mercy and be thankful? I'm so glad that we live in a nation where this week people will stop and give thanks. Can we stop today and give thanks today for what he's blessed us with? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, please today wash us. And if you do, we will be clean. Though our sins be scarlet, they shall be made white as wool. Lead us in the paths of righteousness for thy name's sake, O Lord. Draw us near to you, Lord. Lord, may we be that blessed man who delights in the law of the Lord and in his law meditates day and night. May we be like the trees of righteousness, Lord, like those trees planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season. Our leaves not withering and whatsoever we do shall prosper. Lord, help that to be us today. Lord, we know that we're your people, that if the enemy can distract us, he will. But Lord, help us to take delight in you today and enjoy you. In Christ's name we pray. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Robinette of Foundation Church. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to our audio sermons. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions, or just to let us know how they served you. Go to our website, www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a note. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to serve you.